0: Hello and welcome to the Sexier Than a Squirrel podcast, the podcast that teaches you how to make the best choices for your dog and unlock that freedom that you wanted, that made you get a dog in the first place.
1: Now we're talking prong yes. collars, spiky I... issue spikily went Mm. into a shop in America. So I was in a shop in America. Um, I went in and I was looking, typically being Lauren and Tom in America, Mm. I was looking at dog toys Mm -hmm. and um, I couldn't help myself. It was like a Walmart or it was a big supermarket. And I was looking at dog toys and I turned my back to the dog toys and looked around at the other shelf. And there were these like massive spiky collars, Mm. like really cheap, like dollars, like Mm. not a lot of money. Very, very, very cheap, very easily available lots of prongs uh, and lots of spiky bits. And really freely, readily available. And so yeah. anyway, I turned and I said, Matt, what is that? And this lady said, in her American accent, which I'm not going to try and do, because uh, I'm terrible at accents, she said, oh, that's a, a collar to stop him pulling. You just yank on him, basically, mm-hmm. and you give him a whole big yank and he'll stop it. And it, it really can be um, very, very helpful. Uh, maybe your dog um, is is just like strong on the lead and you can just give him a good old hike, like grr, wow. do that to him. And, and I kind of looked and I was like, oh... Um, and I said, I suppose it would help with like barking too. And she's like, Yep, oh. <laughs> it would help with that as well. And I was like, And a dog that doesn't like dogs, absolutely. Like she was, wow. she was a really big sort of um, yeah advocate mm-hmm. for it. And 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 she absolutely just a like a, another lady in the in the store. This mm-hmm. wasn't a, a helper or anything. It's just mm-hmm. another lady that was there. Um, and and she was definitely very willing to give me some advice. So in that moment, I kind of took a deep breath because mm-hmm. I was like, Right, I must not. I must not like go into like, education mode here. I probably just need to have a think about this one and mm-hmm. um, digest it a little. And um, and yeah, maybe chat to everyone here about it, right?
0: Yeah. And so, um, you know, we thought it was a good opportunity to talk about this because we get countless emails about how, you know, someone has been recommended to use a particular tool like a choke chain or a prong collar. It might be an electric
1: a- collar, yeah. could be a spray collar, citronella collar, lots yeah. of different... Um, sort of weapons, really, or, yeah. or tools, depending on um, on who who's calling it, a matter of perspective. Uh, but for me, uh, really quite damaging potential um, dog training equipment.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And so we thought we'd kind of share with you what are kind of our top five considerations when it comes to considering these things and as you know we're not advocates of these things and we get real life results without without that and by inspiring real life results and let's be
1: honest guys um we want you to all know that these are not things that we use these are not things take great
0: pride in saying no to these things and these are
1: also things that we can be really clear with you and everyone that this podcast will be able to go out to that actually there is an way more fun way there's an mm. even better way there's a there's a much more exciting way yeah. to do things
0: yeah absolutely and in terms of how you should use a prong collar which we occasionally get those emails as well which are interesting um, interesting or even
1: the other day i had someone that would like to explain the why we should be using electric collar mm. and how how quick the effects are and actually um how they think that could help our dog training journey tom <laughs> uh, <laughs> and oh. so that was one that we did get so anyway so
0: how to use a prong collar stick it in the bin so, what are we going to do instead? In and fact, it could, why is it, important? it could be recycled. It
1: could be recycled as yeah. it's in made into something much better.
0: Yeah, the recycle bin.
1: Yeah, Just, recycle bin.
0: Yeah. Um, so, um why? Why? You know, why do we feel this way? Well, first of all, when in when using pain to drive a behaviour, okay, which is effectively what you're doing, using pain to drive behaviour change. There, and what we've got to realise is that in applying that pain, an animal's brain does asks itself the question: Okay, I somehow let this happen and pain and, and I felt pain. What predicted that pain so I can try and avoid it in the future? And the challenge is that you're, that we think, you know, in inflicting that pain that, that, that that dog is going to understand I don't know oh I just pulled on the lead therefore I won't do that again that's highly unlikely that's what they're going to come to realise I
1: remember my late dog um, Reef um, he was a very goofy border collie and he was um, as a young dog um, he was running along uh, like a track and it had electric fencing both Mm. sides now I was unaware of the electric fencing it was um, stock and uh, horses uh, so I had sheep and horses in the fields either side and I didn't I I just was blissfully unaware to be honest Mm. I wasn't really thinking and sheep and i probably wasn't thinking maybe as, as clued up as i needed to be in that environment mm-hmm. anyway i was walking along and he didn't chase sheep and he didn't chase ponies so i didn't have any concerns he was just merrily sort of um trotting along i was about to say hacking we've gone into <laughs> mason mode <laughs> <laughs> i was merrily like letting him just trot along really um, and and uh, he suddenly let out this almighty sort of like scream he'd obviously mm-hmm. touched the fence mm-hmm. and he legged it and he legged it all the way home mm-hmm. anyway for a few weeks um reef uh, wouldn't um wouldn't Uh, go go past trees Mm -hmm. and I couldn't work it out how he had associated that with a tree but actually Mm -hmm. where he was um, where he was sort of got stung Mm -hmm. whatever you want to call it was right next to a massive oak tree and actually for me I was like no surely it would be the fence that he acknowledged or maybe like the smell or the place no he was fine all of those things were fine. It was being underneath the tree. Yeah. So anytime he would just go wild. And it's funny because being a male, he would always have usually gone and weed up trees. But actually he no it's longer wanted heart. to go anywhere <laughs> near them, even though his power, like he, that was one of his drivers. He loved that yeah. to go up and weed near trees. So for me, this was a massive like wake up moment of he did not associate that with what I thought he would. Yeah.
0: Now, what we've got to realise then is that two things could happen as a result of using this prong collar. The, the first one is that you're walking down the street, you know, tugging away on that prong collar, spikes into the neck, and your dog seeing lots of things as they walk down the street that they're learning are predictors of the pain.
1: And remember, even whether you're doing one big old yank, like mm. the lady advised, or whether you're doing tiny, subtle jerk, 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 mm. jerk, jerk, don't pull, jerk, 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 jerk. jerk. You know what? All of those are painful. Yeah. And if you've ever had pain, whether it's a dull pain, um, Matt's just had a, a nightmare with this um, like lower like back sci- sciatica type thing. And he's like, it's a dull pain all the time at the moment. And it's really upsetting. Mm. Versus a tooth pain, both of those pains are not good, no, right? Exactly. So it's actually not good either, whether you're yanking mm. or whether you've got that constant. um, It's around my neck and it's a dull pain constantly there because you're just going to keep sort of gently nudging it.
0: Yeah. And so what we've got to realise is that that could happen. Alternatively, there's another option that could happen. And that is that your dog kind of gets used to the pain. They get habituated to it. They kind of just see it as normal. And in the attempt to try and then drive the behaviour change, what happens is you you try and do it more. You do it harder. You do it more frequently, right? You do it more vigorously. And in turn what's happening is actually, you know, we're escalating this and more and more pain is being inflicted on your dog. And and the only, you know, other option is that they revert to option one, which is they start to look at the environment and say, oh, that tree over there predicts pain. That man over there predicts pain. That dog over there is a predictor of pain. And we damage their relationships with the whole world as well as their relationship with us.
1: Now, ultimately, you guys that know Absolute Dogs well and the Training Academy and Sexier Mm. Than a Squirrel and Pro Dog Trainer, all of the things that we strive for Mm. at Absolute Dogs, you guys know that optimism is a way of life. Yeah. So when we put that dull pain, sharp pain, uh, constant pain, infrequent but varied pain uh, into our dogs. Uh, everyday life and everyday truth, actually, how are we damaging their optimism? Mm -hmm. How are we damaging their everyday interactions? How are we damaging uh, how they feel about the world? Yeah, like How are we damaging that?
0: And so we've got to think about the alternative. And a question that I'll often ask myself, and you'll find this useful, I'm sure, is when we're wanting to change the behavior of an animal, whether it be a human, a dog, a horse, or whatever, ask yourself the question, right? Am I driving this behavior change through push... Or am I driving it through pull? In other words, is the animal being pulled towards the right choice and actively want getting suction to it and wants to do it and is inspired to do it? Or are they being pushed to do that choice? And that, you know, in, in how you answer that question kind of determines then what, whether the, the, the strategy that you're using is the best strategy or not. You know, when we, when we inspire great behavior through games, what we're doing is we're putting value into amazing choices. We're giving them the skills. They're inspired to do it. They actively want to do it. They actively seek out the right choice, whether the right choice be um, walking on a loose leash or coming back when called. They're suctioned to do it and they see it as a privilege. That's what you get when you take that games-based brain reshaping approach and that you'll always answer that question whether uh, my dog is being pulled to do that right behavior. They're getting suction to that right choice.
1: I think it's really important you also acknowledge um, for you if something feels good. Yeah. And I'll give you an example. Um I was probably in my late teens and we were walking a dog with a friend and the dog was screaming on lead and really pulling and screaming, very excited little dog, lovely little dog actually. And what she said was, if this was my dog, what I would do, and we were dog walking, she said, if I, if this was my dog, what I would do is I'd use training discs. And I said, training discs, I haven't seen training discs. And, she's, and they sound quite cool, right? Like training discs sounds like <laughs> cool, like sort of like Frisbee or like <laughs> disc training. I was like, nice, um, show me, show me. And with that, she pulled out this set of like, I think they were Mickey dog training discs. Mm. And um, and no, don't go and find them. No, um, no. And they, she pulled them out. Um, thank goodness I haven't seen them for a long time, actually. Um, I bet they're probably still available. But yeah, mm. again, don't look for them. Um, and so pulled them out and she threw them in front of this little dog and they oh. hit the ground really fast. And they made, made a big a noise. Huge noise. And for that little dog, she hit the deck. She backed out of her collar. And then she legged it. Mm -hmm. And for me, I was like, flipping hell, what on earth sort of learning is that for Mm -hmm. a dog? Like that, it was dramatic. Mm -hmm. It was massive. Anyway, she then couldn't get hold of the dog because the dog was, as you can appreciate, a bit worried. Mm -hmm. And she then was trying to catch said dog Um, I was sort of kneeling on the ground and hoping that this little dog didn't really bolt because Mm. the dog was scared Mm. she managed to catch the dog um, and with that went to do it again and I had to say in that moment you know what this absolutely I'm out like Mm. I do not want to be part of this I don't want to be around for this this is not the way to do it Mm. and in the same way the dog started screaming in the same way but now backing up screaming Mm. rather than pulling forward screaming so it was literally um, scary to watch how quick the transition was Mm. and how fast the dog learned, actually, I'm going to back out and bolt yeah. rather than pull forward and scream. Like it wasn't, neither was better. Yeah. Right. And at the same time, what damage to confidence we can see in such a short period of time.
0: So guys, I guess, you know, what we're going to do is you You sent us a question and I guess what we're going to do is fire a question back at you. Went with every interaction that you have with your dog, with every training opportunity, with every um, desire to change their behavior in some way, let's cr- let's actually get them to pull towards the behavior. Let's get them to be inspired towards that, get suction to that right choice and always be asking ourselves the question, am I pushing my dog to do this or are they being pulled to do it through the teaching that I am giving them? Now,
1: if you want to see this and you want to watch more videos and you're not already part of uh, our community, we- love you to be able to watch this do this have a go at this i know so many of you out there already are you're part of the training academy or pro dog trainer sexiness girl what's the best way tom for someone to get involved at the beginning
0: so the best way i would say is to go and have a look at the sexier than a squirrel challenge it's 25 days of games you do a game a day and it's going to help with all those struggles that we talked about whether it be a dog who's very engaged with the environment because they're they're worried about it or excited about it it's going to grow focus it's going to help with your loose leash walking it's going to help with your recall and you can find out all about that at absolutedogs.me forward slash sexy so that you can become sexier than a squirrel that's absolutedogs.me forward slash sexy Now
1: that's going to take you on a whole new journey and whilst we would never want to take away anyone's choice Mm -hmm. we really hope to always inspire and transform and most of all God your dog's optimism and your own.
0: Absolutely. So with that, guys, that was this episode of the Sexier Than a Squirrel podcast. If you've not already subscribed, make sure to subscribe. If you've not ever left us a review, make sure to leave a review. You can do that over at Apple Podcasts, for example. That really gives context for other people to get this learning and have amazing relationships with their dogs. We'll see you next time. And remember, stay sexy! Hey, before you go, have you taken part in the worldwide Sexier Than a Squirrel Challenge? It's
1: a 25 day online video programme. Huge energy, amazing community, and over 6,000 people are already taking part.
0: The only question is you know where you are today. Where do you want to be 25 days from now? Head to absolutedogs.me forward slash sexy.